0: in New York. For crying out loud. yeah. Okay, I guess we're
1: all set.
0: Yeah, okay, all right.
1: That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. And once again, W.O.R. takes great pleasure in bringing to the people of the Western world one of its outstanding public service broadcasts. Once in a generation, we are privileged. Yay, nay, indeed, we are fortunate to be present at such an occasion. Please bring it ah, W.O.R. presents the Rotten People Hour. Or a small minority of us Who are incorrigible Don't you wish you really liked Barbra
0: Streisand Just think how much Pleasant their life would be Don't you wish you could Be really the
1: honestly laugh
0: At Red Skelton Wouldn't it be great if you found Jerry Lewis (laughs) funny? So, yeah, take a look here. Um, How uh, you like me? Do you spend a good deal of your time just sitting there looking over the TV guide, trying to figure out what movies you should see? As a matter of fact, I like their descriptions of the plots a heck of a lot better than watching the plots. Here's a great one. You all said in there, Charlie, listen to this one. You can't miss this one. Tennis champ Wimbledon Hastings suffers quite a setback when he tries to serve... A dynamite-filled tennis ball.
1: Ah!
0: <laughs> Gee, that's a realistic plot. I can just see that happening. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I think I ought to try filling Bob Smith's golf balls with dynamite. Oh, get a little excitement going here. Mix a little TNT with Bob Wheeler's horse's water. You can see that baby going off with a bang there. Wow. Here's a good one. Here's a goodie. The man of a thousand... Pay- and Lon Chaney stars in this silent film about a Chinese laundry man who is shipwrecked in a small New England town. That sounds like a great... It's, it's silent, though. you got to remember that. That's a You know, that's a great idea. A silent movie on TV. That's going to make a lot of people bang the side of their sets. I
1: told you, it sounds good! Because
0: most TV people, real TV watchers, we're going to have trouble with, All those little printed words at the bottom, you know. A lot of guys have forgotten how to read. Let's see. Uh, Here's a good picture. I kind of like this. Rancher Steve Gregg must collect some long-standing debts or lose his ranch by foreclosure. Adapted from Chekhov. Adapted from Chekhov. Rancher Steve Gregg. Did they have ranches on, on the steps there? Did they foreclose on the old TM bar there? I don't know about that one. That's a funny one. Here's a... Here's when a stranded troupe of performers can't raise the cash to open their show. Little wonder. I saw that one, boy. They shouldn't have got the cash. They did in the end, you know. Holy oh, smokes, a rotten show. Well, uh, all set out there, gang? All ready. Let's give a salute to you. The milk of human kindness. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes, tonight, Nobody Will brings you as a special public service feature its bi-weekly salute to the thing which makes us so damnably soft and lovable. That deep flowing river of the milk of human kindness. That deep, deep appreciation of the vast depths of beauty which raise men above the level of the turtles. Bring it up, please. And so tonight we salute the thing which is beautiful in the human soul. And of course, since this is WOR and the family station, and this is the station of sweetness and light and beauty and truth, a station where it is possible to will yourself a better tomorrow, we once again salute all of those of you out there who have nothing but clean thoughts always. Please bring it up. That small minority of beautiful people, of truly wonderful human beings, which is hardly ever recognized in this terrible, rotten, decadent day of sick, rotten playwrights. Look it up there, please. Well, that's a little different there. You're bringing the sick ones in there again. I remember... It was Orson Welles. Please set that back. I don't want to go too far. You know, of course, when you've been around this business too long, you begin to see all kinds of little sneaky things. Ever tell you about the time? Maybe I ought to tell you about it. You know, you're always looking for back, back... Everybody's looking for backstage stories of how it really is in the real big businesses, you know, showbiz. Nobody ever tries to look, you know, backstage and how it really is in the big plumber's office. Uh, nobody really cares, you know, I guess so sadly enough there 's probably more drama that goes on at any half hour in a really hard hitting uh, office of plumbers, true master emergency plumbers than you 'll find as a matter of fact, the kind of emergencies they get are fascinating too. I think' mean, really great <laughs> but uh, the kind of uh, the kind of background story people keep writing say Shepherd tell us some background stories, some backstage stories of how it really is in that sick, rotten, decadent business that you are in, that important business which carries forward all the highest aspirations of mankind and bears upon its shoulders the fantastic, tremendous responsibility of communication one with the other, true heart to true heart. Would you please bring me some true heart music on again? True heart to true heart. Yes, we extend our hand tonight here. W-O, old W-O-R, the R-K-O, family general of whoopie, what is it, general family of, the general family of RKO money, no, no, that's another thing, that the family general of RKO, uh, what is this, isn't it terrible, you belong at the general tire station and you get nothing but flat tires on the air all day long, but for those of you out there who have felt that little spark of loneliness, who have felt that little urge to communicate with your fellow human being, I'm here. Yes, never fear. Please bring it up a little higher there. That violin obbligato there is a tearjerker all the way. There isn't a dry eye in the house now. Yes, Staten Island, you can settle back more comfortably now in your bed of pain. I know how it feels to live in Staten Island. After all, I once lived in Dismal Seepage, Indiana. So I understand how it feels to live in in the old sump pump. uh, But that's another story. I am extending my hand to you tonight. I am extending it in open-hearted friendship. I say to you, we are all in this together. Right, King? (laughs) We're all in this together, and we must march forward together. Now, cut it before that third man theme. Now, if you will please give me some uh, razzmatazz music there. Hold it there for a second. I will give you the cue. I'm looking up. We will now all sing number 73 in the Green Book. Please get out your green books. Number 73 is not it good to be together, all of us. All of us together here now. Oh, it's funsy, funsy, funsy. All right, all together now. Let's go. Number seventy-three in the big green book. All together, bring it up. Now, ta 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 da That's the wrong cut. Da 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 da. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yes. Uh, now, if you will please give me cut fours on that one. We will all sing number 73 in the big book. Doesn't it feel good now? We've cleared the air there a little bit, you know. You want to really hear some background stories in this business. Do you want to, do you want to hear about the time that I opened up the radio station at, at uh, 5.30 every morning? And I used to come in there always oh, like at the crack of dawn. And I was, I was working also as a, as the engineer on the trick, you see. I was the only guy in the whole radio station. And I would, what a fantastic sense of power, you know. you come in there at five o'clock in the morning. Do you know that awful that, that, that sneaky rotten feeling you've got when you come in, when you especially when you were a kid, see. And you come into a house and you're all by yourself in the house. And you could do anything, you know. And you open up the coverage and you look at all that stuff in there and you look in the icebox and, You know, that sneaky feeling of owning it all. (laughs) Well, uh, how would you like to own a radio station? And come in every morning and turn all the dials and all the knobs on, and there's nobody there to say nay or yay. And uh, all you've got is a monitor speaker. It's a very eerie... You know, I don't know many people, I don't care what field of showbiz they're in, who know that kind of feeling. Now, I've done done a lot of uh, legit acting, i 've done musicals I will award right, I, will, I, will, I will award the brass filigie with bronze oak leaf palm to any of you who can tell me what musical that I did at Lambertville i 'll put you through the test there a smashing, solid, critical success we lost our shirt, but it was a fantastic <laughs> no, actually it was it was wild every night, the eight thousand roaring people yelling and hollering and shooting beans down on the stage and, and I'll award you the brass fig if you can tell me what show that was. What a great scene. And uh, how many can tell how many of you can tell me what show it was that I appeared in that was probably the greatest flop? That has ever been seen on Broadway since since a. B's Irish Rose returns, which was a show that lasted 12 minutes on Broadway late in the fall of 1930. I will award you the brass figure if you can tell me the name of that show. And by the way, in the middle of that show, I came out dressed as an Episcopalian bishop, wearing long purple robes, singing bel canto. <laughs> Great moment in the American drama. Ah! Boy, I'll tell you. And the guy standing next to me, there was a guy who who was 17 feet tall who stood next to me in this fantastic moment of truth. Have you ever walked out on a stage before 17 million people dressed to the nines in $8,000 worth of costume and stretched before you is a 700-piece band with with uh, timpanies, with xylophones, with guys wearing stiff white shirt fronts? and you're a thousand miles from home and the curtain has gone up and a slight pink azure blue spotlight picks you up and you start to sing and you know that you are in the middle of the first three notes are out of your mouth you're you know that you're in the middle of a gigantic unbelievable all the way gold plated silver lined
1: turkey Ooh. <laughs> You start to sing, togetherness,
0: togetherness. And the band is playing it as a Gregorian chant. And the guy next to you is seven feet tall, and he's dressed as an Orthodox Greek minister. He's got a gigantic hat with his big crosses, and he goes, Oh,
1: togetherness, togetherness. And you start Together we will go bah, bah, bah. And you hear out there
0: <coughs> You can just feel a wave of anger coming up at you And you realize this is the first time
1: That the mother church is about to be desecrated Oh, oh After you've gone oh, wow, And let me crying After you've gone There's no denying You'll feel blue Bring it up You'll feel sad Oh, here we go Here's the great line You're gonna miss The greatest man You've done ever had Oh, there'll come a day Ooh, And don't forget it There'll come a day When you'll regret it Boy, oh, you guys are really Gonna yell and holler When I take off For Cicero, Illinois I got a big job offering To of be there And you guys are gonna Yell and holler And you're gonna say Why did we sell those Rotten things to old Shep When he was here Yeah. After you've gone away, I right, bring it up now, here we go gang It's number 73 and a big green fake one After you've gone, and left me crying After you've gone, There's no denying You feel blue, oh, you feel sad Alright, let's go, you're gonna miss the greatest man you've done ever had <laughs> Newport tastes fresher, tastes better too. Newport tastes fresher, tastes better too. Newport tastes fresher, taste better Newport tastes fresher, taste better too than any other men's cigarette. Newport tastes fresher and tastes better Newport than any
0: other men's fall cigarette. If you're ready to try a great fresh taste, try Newport menthol cigarettes. Great tasting tobaccos, white filters,
1: and mild natural menthol. Newport tastes fresher, tastes better too, than any other menthol cigarette.
0: Oh, now, that's not a a good thing to say. What was that that you just said? Stay, yay, Gene, yay. Oh, gee whiz. Now, come on. You're embarrassing the heck out of me. Please, do it again. Gee whiz, Gene, don't go. Stay, yay, Gene. All right, I'll stay. If all of you will listen to this fantastic commercial, which only I could do in my inimitable style. Bring it up there, please. It's Miller High Life. Let's make it a sexy commercial. Oh, boy. The glow of... You know what I mean, fellas. The glow of hospitality, if you can call it that, (laughs) the sparkle of friendship, yes, these things are attainable when you pour a glass of sparkling, fantastic, flavorful, sexy Miller High Life, the Champagne of bottled beer, this beer with its wonderful old world favor will turn the trick every time. You got the candles burning in the pan. You got the burlap. You got the burlap shades to undone. And you say, baby, uh, a little champagne, a bottled beer, and it's Miller High Life. Why, a couple of quick sips of this fantastic old world brew, and her eyes will shine like a pair of steelsies. a pair of mibs caught in the darkness of the candle flickering glow. This is Miller High Life, of course, brewed on in Milwaukee, where they know about the libido. Very good. Gee, that's a fantastic bit of copy. Who wrote that? It's a great copy. The preceding announcement does not, however, represent in any way, shape, or form the attitudes, ideas, or political philosopher of the Miller High Life Company. And now, uh, you wanna hear you wanna hear more about that? I, I say that one of the unique experiences given to a few men in our time is this peculiar experience of sitting in front of a microphone and being connected with uh, a kind of an unseen population, not really a population, a kind of an unseen little crowd, the people all out there in the darkness. And it is unofficial, you know. Nobody writes about this. You don't read anything in the Times about what went on on The Shepherd Show last night. Guy comes on, you know, on The Ed Sullivan Show and does two little weak minutes of vapid comedy and three or four columnists will write him up the next day. And that gives a sense of, of, of kind of an official frame around it. So some klutz sitting out in, in Euphoria, Ohio, you know, sitting there and on comes two and a half minutes on the Sullivan show. He says, hey, look, oh, man, he's off, my old buddy. No, he doesn't. He just watches it because it comes just before the dog acts and it comes right after the Yale marching team, you know, and it's a giant. Brouhaha, you know Ed Sullivan is the best illustration of that old roman that old Roman political precept give him bread and circuses and uh, he doesn't give him much bread uh, he gives him plenty of circuses though and so it's always good for a bufferuni and probably it will be good for all time however radio is different you see radio is a peculiar sinister strangely uh magnetic uh deeply involving form of personal communication and I can't describe it have you ever seen a uh, uh, a <laughs> have you ever seen a loud mouth dj in the middle of, uh, uh, of his show. I mean, a real disc jockey. You know, the, kind, you know, the, the
1: kindest... And now, this is Nick Churl, the original the Charlie Brown Show. This is W.A.B.C. You're station. and am one of the good guys. And now, here we go. It's the... Well, now,
0: here you got this guy going. See, oh, I can do this good. You know, you'd be surprised what I've done in the past. There's going to be a lot of things old chef's going to have to answer for, I'll tell you, before that bar of justice. However, uh, I- have you ever seen one of these guys at work? Well, now, he, it's a fascinating thing to see, you see. Don't put it down because it's not, it's not the simplest trick in the world. Here on one side of him is this engineer who has, has tinfoil ears. This engineer has, has, has Reynolds-wrapped ears, and he's got, he's got a mind that's made out of old silly putty. And he has been sitting there in front of that old control board now since the year or possibly the last two or three broadcasts that Graham McNamee made during the time of the Coolidge administration. He is not listening to anything. He just sits there and looks. Well, now here in the middle of all this this brouhaha, there are guys walking back and forth, and people carrying waste baskets full of old used commercials, and, and 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 other guys are carrying giant bags of money in the other end. You know, the whole thing is going. This guy's got a whole world and his whole his whole little brain is going on. He's he can see all these cretinous people with their jaws hanging slack, with their heads plugged into the transistors, and with their little yellow T-shirts on. He's going,
1: hello, what's the trouble? you a good guy.
0: He's going away there for two and a half hours. It's a sustained performance of idiocy, the like of which the world has never seen until our time. Now, that ain't an easy thing to pull off. <laughs> it really isn't. It's, it's believe me, uh, I, I'm not so sure that, I'm, I'm really not very certain that, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm doggone sure that, uh, that Richard Burton would make a rotten disc jockey. He could not hold an audience eight and a half minutes. Now, <laughs> it's the truth, and it is one of the unsung uh, art forms of our times. It's kind of a pop art, you know. And so when you're, when you're doing this thing, you, you build a whole little thing, a shell all around you, and you are impervious to anything else. You've got it you've got all these you can hear these yucking
1: kids wah, 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 go Charlie, go Charlie, woo woo woo
0: He doesn't see anybody. All he sees is the big fat guy that works back in the traffic department, you know. And he sees a couple of nearsighted chicks that keep walking in and around trying to get some water out of the water machine and this is his life there and this is the, usually the shoddiest, rotten little studios, and he's saying such things as and now from the crystal ballroom we bring you Well, this crystal ballroom smells like the locker room, believe me, of a professional football team ten minutes before they disinfect it because of the thousands of tears that have been wept in here and it's all closed in you see there's no air comes in and out of this thing and half of these stations don't even have air conditioning and yet he's got this whole world of Funsville all
1: built around him you know and it's fun it's fun time it's Charlie Brown show coming to your 11:30's 1130 spotting on you now where Comey turn in the heart of the little bit of the valley and now here it comes the Charlie Brown show the time now 1140
0: and here we go it's number seven he is really swinging in there it's a kind of self-hypnosis it really is it's truly it's a, it's a kind of it's a kind of jag. <laughs> I can't describe it. It's a jag. And he does this every day. Now, on the other hand, when when you're doing when you're doing radio there is any other form of of, of entertainment is flat. And I want to tell you I've done almost all of them. I've appeared in terrible musicals, I've appeared in lousy reviews, I've appeared in nightclubs. I've I've, I've sung in choirs, I've, I've, anything you mentioned. I played on a bad semi-pro basketball team once and got two ribs kicked in. I've done it all. Oh, did I ever tell you about that night? Oh, boy. You don't want to hear about that night. I got so mad uh, that we were in overtime. Uh, any of you guys that ever played basketball, you know what this is like. You know, there's some guy who's really good playing opposite you, and he's not only good, he's arrogant. And he's the guy that every time you go up for a rebound, he has 17 sets of elbows, all of which he digs right under the top of your head. You know, he uses you to go up higher. Boom! You know, you get it on the top of the head every time. And, and he says, out of the way, Mac. He dribbles around you twice by hacking. Um, oh, there goes the hook shot. Ooh. Goes oh, boy, that terrible moment when the guy throws his keeps throwing this hook shot over the shoulder. You hear it behind you. And then you hear, wow.
1: Oh, another 22. Scored 17
0: points in the first quarter alone. And it's your man. Well, uh, <laughs> you don't want to hear what happened that night. The time I finally says there's only one way to get this guy out of the game. And he went charging past me with that supercilious, rotten smile on his face of a guy with a top rating and a good sales force and a fantastic agent. He goes, tung, 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 and something popped. You know, you, you, you begin to realize that inside of each one of us, there is a latent animal, a latent killer shark once uh, oh, men have this I don't know whether women ever have it but men once in a while see it themselves this guy goes ka-tong, 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 and he goes bouncing his way past me and I got my royal blue suit on you know with the big wings on the back we had a big wing on the back there real terrible basketball team but we had the, <laughs> we won by sheer by sheer aggressiveness occasionally no talent whatsoever I have seen this basketball team with two men on the floor the entire squad of 14 guys fouled out And this is in the second quarter. (laughs) Two men are planted out. And the coach is sitting there, all right, all right. Concede. Go on, concede. We fought down it a line. So this guy's bouncing past me. He's dribbling right down the side. It's in overtime. I don't know what made me do it. I left my feet and I threw a body block at this clutch you never saw this side of the New York Giants. I caught that guy in mid-dribble, his feet went up and he just, I, I saw him take off, he took off like a right biplane, he just saw him, he was volplaning right into the crowd, I saw the, ah, the girls, boom, he lands in there, you see, you see he's, he's staggering up and he gets up and I hear whistles blowing all around me. <laughs> well, well, the referee comes over and he says, one more like that, Mac. I had had two fouls on me. This was my third one. This guy got nine free shots on this one. It was the first time they ever did it. It was by a special dispensation of the Pope. He gave him nine shots. He says, one more like that, Mac, and you are out. Hear it? O-U-T, out. Well, eight seconds later, we got the ball out of bounds. They are now ahead. <laughs> you want to hear the rest of this? We are now ahead. The guy takes the ball. We had a play, you know, out of bounds play. The play consisted of everybody who was not handling the ball, tripping everybody who was ahead of them. At the <laughs> we line up, the shift to the right, to the left. I got the ball, and the next thing you know, the entire other team converged on me. I'm dribbling. Boom! Crash! Like that. They gave that loud one. They gave one free shot for this. I had three broken ribs. I got up with tape. Off. You don't want to hear the rest of this. Oh, I'll tell you, I've been through some, and so have we all. Well, let's admit it. I remember the time a catcher chased me all the way out to center field with a bat in his hand. (laughs) He caught me next to the bullpen, you know, and I'm jumping up and down. It was just because I had fantastic footwork that I didn't get a Louisville slugger in the left ear. Oh, man. Uh, well, well, uh, well, here, But before we get a Louisville slugger and left, we hit another one of them spots. Here's Stan Getz oh, and Astrid Giverto Stan for McLean's. Blowing it out for McLean's too. It's a, a clean
1: toothpaste mm-hmm. that cleans with a new kind of face that's wild. <laughs> what a taste, what a When you smile all the bells will ring Got them white, start tonight with my clean. blow it, man.
0: You still using that sweet kid stuff? Try the new toothpaste that gets teeth irresistibly white. You can actually feel McLean's whitening. (laughs) Your whole mouth feels refreshed and invigorated. Get him
1: white. Start tonight with McLean's. The difference, nummer,
0: cleans, ah. Taste the defense, try new mucleens, you go. Taste ah. the defense, try new you go. Let's see, very good. Uh, but this, this, uh, this is a, a thing that must be explained, uh, uh, this mystique of radio. People keep writing and saying, you know, uh, uh, how come you're sticking in radio? And, oh, I get that kind of letter all the time. It's hard to explain. It's like, it's like some kind of very elusive, uh, somewhat debilitating, strangely exhilarating, rare, Indian, um, perhaps Middle Eastern drug that has not yet been made illegal. <laughs> you know? and, and you're on it. It's very hard. And, and of course, this, I guess the thing that makes it hardest of all is the creation around you of a whole world that is your own world. You, you create this little thing. And uh, I've watched people in the radio, really pros. I'm not talking about the amateurs who've been in for a couple of years and have a big thing playing records or something. Because a lot of amateurs can get in the record world and sustain an audience for a short time because of a gimmick, a little whoopee they got going. And uh, that's the end of it. But I'm talking about the real pros. You know, like Ed McMillan, Now, McMillan is not a particularly great ball player, but it's hard to get him out. No, he isn't. It's hard to get him out of the lineup, though. And he's not even that great a fielder. The thing about McMillan is that he knows where to play to hitters. He's a pro, you know. He can just tell by the way a guy bends his knee where he's going to hit the ball. And so McMillan is somehow near there all the time. He's not fast. He is not a Maury Wills who's a fantastically fast runner, but not a very good shortstop. Wills keeps catching him in the teeth. Oh yeah, they hit him right at Mill. You just see Will's seven straight plays the other. He knocks down and throws. You know, he he's the kind of a uh, kind of ball player that lets him bounce twice. They hit him in the chest. He picks it up and throws him out. Not McMillan. You know? He's just moving easy. Well, the real pros in this business have the have the ability. The way Stanislavski talked about uh, this is a man who wrote a lot of stuff about the way acting is really done. The method acting that the, the best radio people I've known are the true Stanislavsky performers. They can cut out the entire world around them and about an hour before they go on you begin to see smoke coming out of their ears. There's a strange little aura around them. And even though they may be talking on one level to the people around them, it is a kind of an abstracted talk. And people keep thinking, what's the matter with Charlie? You know, he's, he's not with it today. Well, he's actually far more with it than anybody around. And the instant the mic goes on, he's got this whole thing. Have you ever seen Carlton Frederick's work? As an example, see. Uh, (laughs) Carl Fredericks, uh, he he too, you know, he can hold on at 45 minutes and it sounds like he's got footnotes and it sounds like he's got all kinds of little things and he's got all kinds of reference work. You hear stuff banging around. And you'd swear that Carl Fredericks came in there with a 45 page script all annotated with little ibid notes and bibliographies and all kinds of stuff. He just sits down, you say vitamin D and boom. He's got 45 minutes of vitamin D all the way back with footnotes, with dates, times, reference, cross references, (laughs) and and this is a a pro. You see, Um, seriously, and and, and these this is a very strange thing, and it is it is once you learn it, it is impossible to get full satisfaction out of any other medium. Now I will tell you the story of the time I opened up the radio station. I used to go in every morning in this little pot boiler in the in the Midwest, and the time my little world went on by itself. Immediately following, speaking of the little pot boiling world of radio, we have another little gem.
1: For Those their flying machines. You're listening to the title song from the summer's biggest, most delightful motion picture. Those magnificent men in their flying machines, or how I flew from London to Paris in 25 hours and 11 minutes. Up, down, down, flying around, looping the loop and defying the ground. Those magnificent men in their flying machines is an uninhibited, spectacular, carefree, magnificent two-hour romp of fun and romance. In fact, there's only one thing reserved about this movie: the tickets. Better order yours now. Those oh, magnificent men flying. The-
0: Uh, let's see, 20th Century Fox American premiere now at the DeMille Theater. Reserved seats are now on sale for the magnificent men in the flying. Somebody said the other day in a review of this, he said, it ain't the men in this picture that are magnificent, it's the flying machines. And I, I agree, I, 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 uh, uh, these, these ancient aircraft, they're fascinating. Did I, did I ever tell you the time that my old man took me to the air show? I must have been about five. I'll never forget this because it really it really was like branded into my mind like a branding iron. My old man was a, he was a catastrophe nut. Wherever there was an explosion, we were standing there with our mouths hanging open while we bringing the bodies out. He loved it, you know wherever <laughs> and we lived in a country in an area where there were explosions about every 20 minutes. We lived right in the middle of the biggest collection of refineries in America. You know, you hear me talk about the steel mills all the time. I do not tell you about what Reedy really was involved in our world, very close to northern Indiana. And in that area of northern Indiana, there must be every major refinery has its cracking plant. And this is where they make out of the crude oil, this is where they make the stuff. That really goes I mean like 200 octane gasoline in that and they had these big tanks a half a mile from my home and they would paint the high octane tanks a special color there was the Phillips Petroleum Company had its spread just a half a mile right back in the house and off to the right of it there was a Sinclair standard oil then off to the left over further on with shell they just stretched one after the other and behind them it was as though you had different tiers of dangerous uh, industries one after the other there would be a great carpet of refineries then there was a great great fantastic carpet of steel mills and do you know it's it's hard that people don't even believe me when i say this that right in the middle of all that and i'm going to raise my hand i'll tell you on any kind of pledge you want me to give right in the middle of that was the Excelsior fireworks company. Believe it or not, they were 18 feet from the high octane tanks. <laughs> and, and yeah, there was an outfit. that's where I got the name Excelsior. A lot of people think I took it from the New York State ever upward and onward slogan oh no no no, no. this is the, this is the no no, this is the lucky Luciano state It's not ever upward and onward with New York. That's another scene. But uh, I got it from the Excelsior Fireworks Company, and they used to have a big green shield. And all it said was Excelsior, and the word was exploding. You ever see that? It was ex- Excelsior, boom, like that, ever upward and onward. the old man would go out in the morning um, with seven pounds of cherry bombs. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he used to like to give the neighborhood a thrill once in a while, you know. And uh, the Excelsior Fireworks Company was right in the middle of all these places there. And we'd go past there. We'd ride up and down with our bikes in front of us. They had big signs the danger, keep out. That's high explosives, danger, do not smoke. Four miles on the road of this place, stay away, look out. Oh, it's a f- mad dog on premises. They had everything, big red signs, skulls and crossbones. And we used to ride around there on our bikes and look at this place because it was chock-a-block full of skyrockets, Roman candles, aerial bombs, cherry bombs, Chinese snake bombs, the whole thing. And we'd see them taking this stuff in and out in big cases and truckfuls. And we'd watch this. And once in a while we would sneak under the fence and go back in their rubbish. Have you ever, uh, I wonder how many of you ever had the fantastic thrill of going through the rubbish of a fireworks factory. That is exciting. I'll tell you. we used to dig through the stuff, looking for rejected Dago bombs you know, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, w- there was always a rumor around that one day this place was going to blow up. Wouldn't you know it? We went on our vacation, our two-week vacation. My old man took his two-week vacation. The only time he ever took a two-week vacation, three months earlier than he usually did. We usually went way late in August. He decided one June he's going to take his vacation. Just once. He wants to see how it is in June. So we take off. And two days after we arrive in Michigan, we get the headlines. Giant fireworks plant blows up in Indiana. Spectacular blaze rages for 17 and a half hours. Kids go ape. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and there we were sitting there fishing for sunfish. Now, for for those of you who, who have never experienced this kind of, you know, most of the life out here in the East is pretty well organized. I mean, you know, a few knife fights on the subway, little things like that. A few people getting trapped in a mechanical elevator, you know, and held for ransom for seven years, that kind of stuff. But we, <laughs> our, our our scene was very different. Now, they had this high-test gasoline. And once in a great while, one of these tanks would go up. Now, we were very familiar with the mushroom clouds of, uh, you know, the mushroom cloud that, that, uh, are you aware that any top, any big time explosion produces a mushroom cloud? And people seem to think this is a thing which is characteristic of an atom bomb. But we had mushroom clouds every four or five months when one of the high test, tanks would go up and you would feel the ground you know you don't even hear an explosion a really big one you feel it it just sort of goes there's an instant when everything hangs it just goes that is the well I don't know what they call that technically that's the pre-blast blast blast. it just goes and that's maybe five minutes oh don't worry I know this spot that's at least five minutes before you hear the sound you feel something and the kids go, wow, wow, an explosion, woo! The old man, before before that thing has stopped reverberating, is in the front seat of the Graham Page, he's already got it in second, has driven through the back of the garage and up the alley, and he's on his way to the latest disaster. His eyes shining like, like coals, and, oh,
1: boy, let's go, boom, you see the flames go, he's just listening to the fire engines, holy smokes, now wait, wait, just a minute. I hear the ambulance! Wow!
0: You hear about 85 guys killed, let's go quick! Get your mother, hurry up! And my mother's running down the street grabbing on the back of the car and we are off. <laughs> well, he loved to go to air races and I remember one time we're sitting in the stands and this little airplane, and I'm a kid, you know, I just never saw anything like this and these little airplanes are going wow,
1: wow
0: are flying fast wow. and all of a sudden one of them goes
1: Ah, ah,
0: ah, ah, ah. right in the stands right ahead of us and the old man sat there and he says isn't this great look at that and the flames are flying and the guy's got the white suits and they're squirting and ah, ah, another one goes past Ah, and it was that minute that I formed a total ineffable love for flying machines hit the button there it's one day I hurry up is this Schlitz oh good we'll get those guys all bearded up here
1: This is, is juice. This is country and western music, and it's come to the city in a big way. Right here, the route is jumping. And here, where you find today's people, you'll find today's beer. Schlitz. Listen. Well, how do you like it? Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> Not the Schlitz. The music. More gusto, fellas. Honey, you keep bringing it, and we'll keep drinking it. Today's sound, today's people, and real gusto in a great light beer. Today's beer, Schlitz, from the Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company, Milwaukee, and other city. Any more Schlitz back there, bartender? Man, when we're out of Schlitz, we're out of beer. Ah,
0: jeez, isn't that an exciting life? I never did tell you about the story about running the radio station, getting in at 5.15 in the morning, and creating that whole little world around me until the phone rang. Until that phone rang. Now, if you will hang by your ears out there, tomorrow night at the same time, we will once again continue this serious, hard, biting, penetrating profile of 20th Century Man and his hang-ups. Be the first in your neighborhood to develop one of your own. Tend to it. Grow it like a geranium. Sprinkle it with the tears of your passion, and you too may be in before long. In but big.